0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. We continue with our exploration in Alpha about the things that Christians believe, and last week, Deacon Bill. Um, shared with us about this person that, uh, named Jesus and what was unique and powerful about Jesus. And of course, one of the things that is most noticeable about Jesus is that he died and he was raised from the dead. One of the questions we often ask is, why is it that Jesus died? So we're going to explore that this morning. You are loved. That is the message of the New Testament, that is the message of the gospel, that you are absolutely loved by God. One of my friends was at a restaurant and um, she was there with her young children. Um, This woman was sitting next to her and she was being loud and boisterous and inappropriate. She was cussing and my friend Robbie was um, kind of embarrassed for her children to uh, see this spectacle. She noticed that the woman, who was being so loud, had this really, um, really beautiful, unique cross around her neck. And she said to her, if you're going to speak like that, would you please take off the cross? The cross is the sign of Christianity. It is something that means something deeply to Christians. It is the logo, if you will with well, the belligerent, loud, cursing woman got quiet. She looked at Robbie and she said, "'If you only knew what my life has been.'" She said, "'This cross is the only reminder that no matter how screwed up I am, there is at least one person who loves me.'" There's a verse in the New Testament where Paul says this, the Son of God, that is Jesus, loved me, and gave himself for me. It is as personal as that. If you had been the only person in the entire world, Jesus would have still died for you because Jesus loves you. When you begin to believe in the radicalness of God's grace and love, it is transformative in your life. And that's what I want to talk about in this session. Why does does this grace change everything in life? when we grasp it and we experience it. The son of God loved me. The son of God loves you. God loves you so much. His love for you is unconditional. It is wholehearted and it will never end. And I don't know what you think of when you think of the greatest love that you could imagine. Maybe it is the love um, of a parent or a child, a grandparent. But if you magnify that love that we experience in this life, that is the way that God feels us. So it presents a problem. What is the problem in the world? Why would it be necessary for Jesus to die? What was the problem that Jesus' death answered? You and I, every single one of us, are created in the image and likeness of God. We are image bearers of God. We are an icon of God. And there is something amazing and beautiful and incredible in each and every human being. Human beings are capable of producing some of the most beautiful art and music Our minds have discovered things in the world that are unbelievable and life-changing. Human beings are capable of kindness, self-sacrifice, devotion. But human beings are also able to show another side. We are capable of bad stuff. You only have to open the newspaper to see that this is true. Look at the news. Look at the things that are going on around in the world. These same human beings who are, who are able to do so many wonderful, beautiful, amazing things are also able to put so much devastation into the world. The world is far more complex than just simply lining us in teams and saying, well, that's the bad people and these are the good people. If we're honest with ourselves, we realize that each one of us is capable of doing both good and bad. None of us is completely one or the other. Now, I have done stuff in my life that I deeply regret, things that I carry with me. Shame and guilt of uh, things that I have done that I know I should not have done and things that I have said that I should not have done or said. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. He says, all of us have sinned. Now, sin is a a word that has sort of changed meaning in our culture. Saw an advertisement the other day for some ice cream, and it said that it is so good, it is sinful. Right? Sin sometimes is seen not as the bad stuff, but almost as a virtue. And Paul says, all of us have sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. But what does that mean? It means that we all have sinned. I personally find it hard to admit the times in which I have done things wrong. The words, um, I'm sorry, don't come out of my mouth as easily as I know that they should. And what I often do is try to cast blame and aspersion on other people. Much like when I was a child and I would blame the dog for eating my homework as the reason I could not turn it in, as adults we don't learn much more and we continue to replicate that behavior. It's always somebody else's fault. We don't get a whole lot of email chains anymore. Most of the jokes that we get are now uh, contained to to memes and, and things on social media, but a parishioner sent me one Um, recently that had some humorous things that claims adjusters were told when they were investigating accidents. One man says this, that going home, I drove into the wrong house and collided with a tree that wasn't there. Another man wrote this, the other car collided with mine without giving me any warning of his intention. Someone else wrote this, I have been driving my car for 40 years and when I fell asleep, I had an accident. And maybe my favorite, I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law, and ended up in an embankment. I think if we're honest that we've all done stuff that we know is wrong, and Paul says again, all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. The glory of God was revealed in Jesus, and compared to him, we all fall very short. So you might say, well, if that's the case, and we're all in the same boat, why does this matter? It matters according to the New New Testament for these reasons. And I'm going to talk about them as the four Ps. First of all is the pollution of sin, the things that we do wrong to spoil our lives. It's like the pollution in the environment that seeps its way into everything. Jesus says that it is possible for sin to pollute our lives, that the stuff that we do spills over into other relationships. You you may have seen in your own life or the lives around you when somebody does things that they should not do, it impacts not only them, but it impacts a whole group of people. And then there is the power of sin, the bad stuff of our life. The bad habits, they're very addictive. Jesus says whoever sins is a slave to sin. I was talking to a friend the other day and um, he was complaining about the fact that with his kids being home so much that they're eating um, out of you know, house and home and they bring stuff home from the grocery store and the next day it seems to be gone and he went and he bought a box of donuts to you know, as a, a treat that he thought might last, you know, two or three days. He comes home um, from work and he finds that all of the donuts had been eaten that day. He went to his son and he said, How did you eat all of these donuts? Didn't you make it didn't it make you sick? And the son said, Yeah, it made me sick, but the only thing that I could do to make me feel better was eat another donut. And sometimes, if we're honest, that's the way that sin works. We know the thing is not good for us. We know that it is bad. We know that we're going to regret it. But in the moment, it is the only thing that we can imagine that will make us feel better. And so we do it. It's the power of sin. And then there is the penalty of sin. There's something within us that cries out for justice. When we see horrific things in the world, when we see actions that we cannot explain, we say that ought not to happen. That should be stopped. Justice should come to them. Just up the street here, Yale and 101st is under construction. And no matter which way you're going, you just cannot make a left turn. So if I'm coming down Yale and I need to go over to Sheridan, I either need to turn on 91st and go around that way or I have to go all the way to 111th, go down, then go up to Sheridan. And sometimes I'm running late and I need to just head that way and I say, you know, it's okay if I uh, turn left here because it's really important for me. The other day I was running late, Kristen um, had said, are you coming home? I said, yes, I'm in the car, I'm heading home and 15 minutes later I'm still here trying to get some things done and I knew I was gonna be in trouble. I'm driving up Yale trying to get home as quick as I can and some Yahoo is stopped in the middle of Yale trying to turn left and I'm like, you idiot, do you not see the sign there that says do not turn left? If we're we're honest with ourselves, we often live these lives of double standards when we understand that exceptions should be made for the times in which we break the rule, but we don't want to apply that same grace to somebody else. Here's how St. Paul puts it. You, therefore, have no excuse when you patch judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same thing. And for me, it's not just the rules of the road, it's a whole lot of other things as well. And then then there is the fourth P, the partition of sin or the, the separation from God. You know what it's like when you have offended somebody or somebody has offended you and you seek to avoid talking to them or seeing them or looking them eye to eye. You look for reasons to avoid them. New Testament says that, that, is, that says that the stuff that we do wrong has caused the separation between us and God, and it's not a separation that God placed, it's a separation that we placed. In Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve have eaten the fruit that they know that they are not supposed to eat, they begin to hide from God. And that partition or separation is that very tendency on our part to try to hide a part of ourselves from our neighbors, from our family, from our friends, from ourselves. And mostly, we think that we can hide from God. Now, that's the bad news. But if you want some good news, this is a solution. That God loves you, that God loved me, and that God gave himself for all of us. And God has come to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ to do something about this sin, to die for you and to die for me. So this brings us to the second point. Well, what is the solution? The apostle Peter puts it this way. He himself, that is Jesus, bore our sins. That's your sins and that's my sins. In his body on the tree, or another way of saying the cross, by his wounds you have been healed. If you like it, it's been described as the self-substitution of God. God God substituted himself for us. And what does that mean? In July 1941, a prisoner escaped from Auschwitz. And as a reprisal, the Gestapo selected 10 men arbitrarily to die in a starvation bunker. One of the men that was selected was a man by the name of Francis Goynoneczek. And when he was selected, he cried out. He said, I have a wife and I have children. They'll never see me again. That moment, a little guy, a Polish man in glasses with wire frame, stepped out of line. He took off his cap and he said, I am a Catholic priest. I don't have a wife and I don't have children could I die instead of this man? To everyone's amazement, the offer was accepted and he was taken to the starvation bunker. And on August the 14th, he was the last one to die. He kept an amazing atmosphere in the starvation bunker. Apparently, he got those who were there to sing hymns and to pray. But on August 14th, they needed room in the bunker and they gave him a lethal injection of carbaric acid, and that's how he died. Fast forward 41 years, and his death was put into proper perspective. There in a crowd of 150,000 people, 26 cardinals, 300 archbishops, St. Peter's Square, Rome, and that crowd was Francis Goynonovich. And the Pope said on that occasion about his death, the death of Maximilian Koby, that Polish 47-year-old priest who stepped forward to give his life, that was a victory like the one that was won by our Lord Jesus Christ because he gave himself out of love for us. Francis Govonijic died at the age of 93. He spent the rest of his life going around and telling everybody about the love of the man who died in his place. And In an even more amazing and powerful way Jesus died for us. The Son of God loved us and gave himself for us. The cross was the height of pain, the depth of shame, and yet, and yet, The New Testament never concentrates on the physical suffering of Jesus. Lots of people were killed by crucifixion by the Romans. Even today, people are still being crucified. What it focuses on is what was unique about Jesus' death and what his suffering meant spiritually because he was bearing on himself the sin of the world. There's a passage in the Old Testament book of the prophet Isaiah that says, we all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way and the Lord has, na- has laid the- on him the iniquity of us all. I heard someone explain the verse like this. He said, Let, excuse me, this brings us to top point number three. What's the result? The cross, the results of the cross. The cross and resurrection are really like one event. It's like a beautiful diamond. You could look at it from many different facets, all the different things that the death of Jesus achieved. God revealed how much God loves you. Guilt is feeling bad about the things that we do. Shame is feeling bad about who we are. And Jesus took the shame and the guilt. And you never have to feel bad or guilty about yourself because God has proved that he loves you more than we can ask or we can imagine. And that Jesus revealed what true love is. True love is not just a feeling. True love involves more than words. True love is action. Jesus showed us through the supreme example of love by sacrificing himself for us. The answer to suffering is very complex. Why did bad